Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, the place where we use opinions to start conversations, not end them. We've got a stellar mm-hmm. cast today. Our topic is kindness, and we will be visiting with Kimberly Rinaldi, Ann Tucker, Daia Six, Nancy Yearout, and of course, I'm your host, Sandra Beck, and my lovely co-host in Washington, D.C., is Linda Crater. Now, one of the criticisms that I've had over the years girls. And it's funny because I'm very blunt. I'm very uh, quick spoken, but I am actually a very kind person. And there's been many times in my life where my kindness has been mistaken for weakness. And then they're really surprised after my kindness that I come with all guns blazing. (laughs) And this is something that I think as women, you know, we wear different roles. Uh, We, we have different things and some of us look soft and cuddly and some of us look strong and vibrant like Wonder Women. Um, but appearances can be deceiving. And where kindness is, kindness and weakness do not equate. I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi first. You know, it's true. Um, for me, the issue is I appear uh, actually tough. People are intimidated by my first impression, and I am a very, very kind person. But like you, I attempt to get as much done in as quick a time frame as possible, and people mistake that bluntness for lack of kindness. Um, For me, it's about getting things done and moving quickly and not necessarily worrying about padding things for you. I'd rather tell you the truth and move forward then make it fluffy and nice and not resolve. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Da, yeah. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what, Kimberly, I am the same way. <laughs> now, with me, when it comes to my kindness, because I am a physical woman, and when I say physical, I, you know, there's a denotation and connotation of what, you know, physical is. But because I'm a physical woman, that means everything I do, I will tend to do it from like my gut or my heart. So when I'm being kind, it is because it's where I want to be. It's what I want to do, you know. And so when I'm kind and I'm giving my love and I'm giving my energy and I'm giving my support and someone doesn't appreciate it, what happens is, and this is why I have to start working on myself too, you know, what happens is I will have like an idiomotor response, you know, within my body. And then I'll go, I'll kind of shut down in a way. So I have to be extremely conscious and aware of who I am being kind to, because when people turn around and go, okay, I know you were kind to me, but I'm still going to do this to you. And it, to me, comes off as a negative response, I will tend to react, um, you know, in certain ways that I go, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have said that or done that. So I know that I have to work on myself when it comes to that. But people do people do and will take your kindness for weaknesses. But that's why I try to, you know, involve myself with people that who can mirror me when it comes to my kindness. 
Do you know, I think um, it's interesting. I think kindness, and this is Anne speaking, and I think it's interesting that that kindness can come from a couple of different places. You know, I think, um, you know, I used to be a negotiator way back when for Microsoft. And, um, you know, there you have sort of the dual thing of being, uh, and I was, you know, a young female in a predominantly male world and being kind to boot. <laughs> And I think the difference is with kindness is it depends on where it's coming from, mm -hmm. that if if that kindness is coming from that sense of of um, letting yourself be walked on, of making yourself smaller, then kindness is perceived as weakness because because in that case you are you are putting aside your strength. Right. But the other side of kindness is actually really powerful and that kindness represents uh, an extreme amount of self-control, that when you have control over how you're reacting to a situation, control over your emotions, and you're able to respond in kindness as opposed to anger or frustration or letting the mood get the better of you, then that's really coming from a place of strength. So kind but firm, I think, is is a much more powerful place to be. And, and from that place, you're really speaking from a place of authority. You know, I agree with you completely, and this is Nancy, and, you know, in business, it's tough because, you know, when you run a business, I'm a broker, I'm in a suit, I have to come across, you know, firm, and, you know, you're negotiating deals, you have to come across tough, and, and I'm not, I'm like you, I have a very soft heart, and I'm a very nice person, but, you know, sometimes you have to come across tough, and just because you're tough does not mean that you're not a nice individual, and, and I agree that a lot of times people completely mistake, um, you know, they say, oh, you're too direct, you know, we were talking about that earlier, and, you know, that's just who I am, and just because I'm direct doesn't mean I don't care about people or that there isn't kindness, and, and it's tough because you seem like you have to put on that persona, you know, in business, uh, and when you let your guard down, you know, then people think you're weak, but as you get older, I think you realize that, you know, it's not, it's not weak, it's wise, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, and mm -hmm. I just think one more thing I want to say that it's more difficult cult to be kind than it is to be mean okay that's my little food for thought there <laughs> nancy i love that this is linda i i personally think that kindness is so underused in our society today and i think kindness is warmth and authenticity and if that is part of who you are that sharing that will not come across as weakness if you are if this is who you are, if this is how you are, because even in business, I know that um, I have I have this tendency to dissect the words. So I don't know that I think we have to be tough in business. I think we have to be strong in business and a small difference in word connotation, denotation again. But I, I do think it's important to always insert warmth and kindness. If that is who you are, if you don't, you're really not being your genuine self. And then that becomes difficult. I also think that there is so little kindness in today's world, especially on the internet, on social media. And I, we're coming up on a break, so I'll save my story for later in the show. But I believe strongly that it takes courage to be kind when sometimes you wish to lash out, when you wish to not put the filter on. And I don't think there is any small act of kindness. I think that every act brings on another one. So um, I, I'm probably having the timing off because I think we have more time than I thought. 
So I am going to tell my story now. I was um, coming back from D.C. last week, and I was getting into the elevator for the metro to go to the parking garage. And I was waiting outside. There were probably six or seven of us. And a young man, probably 11 or 12 years old, with his dad and the rest of us, you know, men and women. And I, I rang the button, and the elevator doors opened. And because I don't know what people know in terms of elevator etiquette, and you don't want to make someone look bad, I, I hesitated a moment. And the young man, young, 11 years old or so, looked me in the eye and, and gave me an indication, no, no, you go first. So we all got on. And the first thing I did in this crowd of strangers was I looked at the young man and I said, I I just want to commend you on your elevator etiquette. I said, it is so wonderful to see that manners and civility and kindness still exist. And then I looked up at his father and I said, what a wonderful act of parenting you have done. Now, normally you would think that would fall into dead silence. It did not. Everyone in the elevator car began to talk and said, that was wonderful. That was terrific. We'll talk about being having kindness help raise the next generation. That was reinforcement for positive behavior and kindness. And it was a small act, but I truly believe that kindness can be contagious. Mm. You know what? Kindness is contagious. And I want to say, I, I would like to add to that. Being kind, first of all, has an effect on individuals exercising the act. And it also has an effect on the person that the act is being expressed upon. It's almost like a spiritual cipher that creates this continuous movement with all that have been involved. Right. And right. And so so positive mm -hmm. for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And see, this is why it's so important, because what people I think sometimes what we fail to forget is when the act is completed, whether it's consciously or not, it still have a lingering effect physically, sometimes for a very long time. And I say physically because over time you think about what someone did for you, right? And that act of kindness or those words, shall we say, it give you a positive idiomotor response. Now, all those people that were in that elevator at that time was somewhere, well, some way, somehow, revert or think about what happened in that elevator probably, Mm -hmm. you know, three months later or six months down the road. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, act as, you know, and however, this is what I want to say, too. We have to make sure that the kindness act, though, because this is where we kind of I think this is the denotation and connotation of what we feel that, you know, acting is, is the fact that when we do an act of kindness, we have to make sure that it's coming from the heart and that we're not just acting because someone is looking or we're not just acting kindly because someone is expecting for us to do it, because then that's when it becomes dangerous. That's when it becomes untasteful, not only to us, but really to our genetic system and it literally breaks down the genetic system and you know what I can actually go into that I wonder if we have time do we have what like a minute left or something Mm -hmm. maybe I should save it after the break (laughs) maybe I should save it after the break but when we have these act of of, um, you know when individuals who are acting kind to others but they aren't true to themselves 
it is sh- is shown in their uh, facial features a lot. This is why facial features is so important to me, you know. So, um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, all these things that, you know, your body reacts to just by you being kind. And when we come back, I say, you know what, I think I'm going to go into a little bit because then we'll get into the thoughts and the intentions and the dangers when we're not acting out of the, you know, the, uh, the, um, the comfort of our hearts. Yeah. I need to take us to commercial break. We'll be back again with dynamic women after the break with more exploration about kindness. Return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Men's Health Magazine touts the benefits of working out on the treadmill. Did you know that running on the treadmill instead of on roads reduces your chances of a stress fracture by at least 48%? They state that men who exercised for 30 minutes on the treadmill boosted their levels of an antidepressant by 77%. Harvard researchers found that running for an hour or more per week reduces your chance of coronary heart disease by 42%. The benefits of exercising on a treadmill are manifold. Since some people have an aversion to using the treadmill, they recommend that you tape these health findings to the treadmill's control panel so that they will be front and center when you're exercising, which will give you extra motivation. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and we're here today with Dynamic Women and our topic today is kindness. And you know, there's an interesting dichotomy about kindness because kindness is truly subjective. And when I worked for CBS, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say it this way and just bear with me. I liked to fire people myself. This wasn't mm-hmm punitive. This wasn't rude. This wasn't obnoxious. I had a boss who would skate out the open door when it was time to fire somebody and leave it to me. And I think I got really good at firing people. And the the firing process is, is awful for everybody. It's not great for the person doing the firing. It's awful to be on the receiving end. But Here's my statement, and then I'm going to open up about kindness being suggestive, or I'm sorry, being subjective. When I would fire people, I wanted to look them in the eye. I wanted them to understand these are the concrete reasons why they were being fired, and I wanted them to know that just because their skill sets weren't served well at this company, they could definitely be utilized somewhere else. And the reason I did that was because I had been fired in the past, and I didn't know what I did wrong. And it still bugs me to this day. I mean, it's like 20 years later, and I still don't know what I did or why I was fired. And 
I felt that looking somebody in the eye, talking to them, giving them concrete reasons, whether they agreed with me or not, um, they could have closure from leaving this company and going on to the next company. And to me, that was the kindest way I could handle a difficult situation. And uh, was I blunt? Yes. Was I direct? Yes. Did I shoot straight from the hip and pulled no punches? And my firings were quick because Nobody likes to sit there and be fired for an hour. Mm -hmm. So it was tough because some people called me the hatchet girl. They're like, oh, have Sandra do it. She's really good at good at firing people. But it was motivated by kindness. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to go to Daia first. And let's talk about this kindness being subjective. And what I think is kind, you may not think was kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I get that, though, Sandra. And the reason why I say that is because I'm talking about those that are kind to you in your face. Now, you could have been the type of supervisor or manager where you would have, you know, eliminated someone and then turned around and talked about them, you know, behind their backs. Right. And then that means your thoughts and your intentions are different from the kindness, the act, you know, the kindness that's supposed to be supporting the act. And anytime you have that, that is danger, danger, right? For example, I'm going to act kind because society says I should, or I'll act kind because a friend told me to be. And it becomes dangerous because the act of kindness now becomes a waste of energy. It becomes a waste of time and also a waste of intentions. And overall, it never become an act of kindness, but only an affirmation, because now you've never embodied the act of kindness from the beginning. Because now remember this at the beginning. There should have been a thought process, your intentions before the action started. So what were the intentions? The intentions were, okay, you know what? I have to let this person go. I have to tell this person that this is the reason why. See, your intentions were correct. Because remember, the brain always needs evidence, not just words. The brain need evidence anytime you're doing something. So when you are not kind to, to someone and you have bad words that you express to them, you create an archetype wound. And that means that the moment you express your words that are unkind, you create an inside wound as if that person has been cut with a razor or a knife and the body starts secretion to help it heal. So when you are coming from a standpoint of kindness where your intention started the kindness, not because someone's looking, right? Then it actually becomes kindness overall. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Kimberly. You know, going back to your, your firing of people, I, uh, I worked in healthcare, which is a very nurturing industry. One would think. Um, and I, like you got very good at terminating people because you you can't make mistakes consistently and stay within that industry appropriately. So, you know, I told my staff always, if you were making new and improved mistakes, great. If you were making the same, same ones over and over, you either didn't get it or you didn't care to, and neither was acceptable. When I terminated, people knew they had earned it. It was a short conversation it was geared towards process improvement. And here I am 30 years later, I have people that I fired <laughs> in the 20 years I was in healthcare who are still very dear, dear friends of mine. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't thrilled with being walked off property. 
But looking back, they ended up expanding beyond their errors and moving forward. That being said, as you said, it is very subjective. This is who I am. I cut to the chase. I have to remember to add dear Sandra to my emails because I'll just answer a question. I have to remember to add thank you because it's implied. Um, these are the things that I have to stop because I am so outcome driven as opposed to process oriented. I have a sister, bless her heart, who's four years younger than me. And our biggest conflict over, you know, adult lifehood is can't you just hold me and tell me everything will be okay? To which I respond, looking her in the eye, sweetheart, have you ever met me? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm incapable of that. That, I, mm-hmm. that will never mm-hmm. come out of my mouth because mm-hmm. I don't see that as kind, nor do I see it as serving what is best for the circumstance or mm-hmm. her. So yep. it is very subjective, and there's a lot of judgment around it, yet and I was judged on my Facebook page recently for something I posted because someone felt I should stand up and help someone who was not asking for help. I know where others end and I begin. It's about boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so much of this life is about boundaries. So for me, I'm the first one. Someone says they need help. I will drop what I'm doing to make what I can add to the process happen. But do I stand on the street corner going, can I help you? Can I hold you? Can I tell you everything's going to be okay? Not if you've ever met me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. We're excited today to share a new sponsor with you, Organifi. That's Organifi, spelled with an I at the end. And they have a delicious line of nutrition and wellness products you'll love. Today we'll share one of our favorites with you, the Organifi Complete Protein. It's a meal replacement shake with 20 grams of organic plant-based protein per serving. It's delicious, and with five digestive enzymes, you feel great without bloating and heaviness. This high-protein shake, I make mine with plain water, aids in weight loss, can be used as a filling meal replacement, has vitamins and minerals, plus MCT oils with healthy fats that can help you feel fuller longer. And Organifi Complete Protein also boosts your immunity. Each bottle has 30 servings. I love the vanilla, and Sandra loves the chocolate flavor. It's delicious, nutritious, and our listeners can get 20% off. Go to Organifi.com, that's Organifi with an I at the end, and use code DYNAMIC. Such a great addition to your health and well-being. That's Organifi.com with code DYNAMIC for 20% off your order. Organifi with an I. You'll love it. That makes sense. I, I think it's, I can relate to that. I think it's when I think about, and this is Anne, by the way, I think, um, I think it's, it's tempting for a lot of us when you, and I, I am one of those people that would be labeled as a kind person. I think we all are, but, um, there's a time when, uh, kindness, um, it can be seen as, as really about not wanting to be the bad guy. So if you are that, like Sandra and Kimberly, you said, when you're in that situation, you have to let someone go. Um, and when it's difficult to do that, it's, it's nobody wants to be the bad guy. And so I think some people get get wrapped around this idea that kindness means being nice all the time by always saying what's going to make other people feel good, right? Being that the good guy all the time. And I think when you do that, it's really about you. It's about not wanting to be the bad guy. And that's that not necessarily that's not necessarily kind to the other person. It's more kind to you. And I think. On the other hand, when you do the hard thing and treat the other person with respect, 
then that's being kind to them. And sometimes that means saying something that's not going to make them happy, where you have to be the bad guy. You have to be the person that fires. But it's about about what service are you doing for others? And sometimes doing a service for others costs you something, right? You have to give of yourself. And sometimes what you're giving is that feeling of being the good guy all the time. Sometimes you have to take on that mantle of, of stepping up and stepping into um, being the bad guy in the moment. Does that make sense? I think you're right, Anne. I think a lot of times, you know, you have to be honest with people. And sometimes being honest, you know, you can do it in the kindest of ways. But um, some people don't want to hear what you have to say, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But honesty, I still think, is the best policy. You know, you have to be honest with people because you have to be honest with yourself. I just want to mention that, um, you know, when we talk about kindness, um, you know, I'm into the whole energy thing. And I just feel like, And I I want to mention this to people. When you put out good, kind energy, when your intention um, is good and is kind, you know, that's the vibration that goes out into the universe. And that's what's returned to us tenfold. So all the nice, kind acts that we do, um, you know, do make a difference. And it helps not just the other person, but it also helps yourself when you're kind to others. I just want to bring that fact up because uh, there is reward in doing nice, kind things for other people. And the other thing is when you do something kind, don't tell anybody, just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're not supposed to brag about, you know, the nice, kind thing you did for somebody. That kind of takes away the good energy and, and mm-hmm. the whole meaning of it. You know, if you're going to be kind, do it without uh, expectations, I guess I would like to say. I yes. agree with you. Yes, Sorry I totally. told the elevator story then. But, I, you know, the, the, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing is spontaneous acts of kindness um, are not, they're not premeditated. Um, I think that we can go looking for opportunities to be kind. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And I constantly come back to um, that Maya Angelou quote, which is people won't always remember what you said. They won't always remember what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. And I think it's important that we we are respectful. I love that word with this kindness. I I think that it's important to be respectful of others. It is important to be respectful of ourselves, knowing our boundaries and where we sit with other people and who we'll allow in and uh, where we will go. But I, I do think it's also important that kindness is used more often than we think because we I work with a lot of people who have traumatic brain injury and they have zero filters. So you get total blunt direct, which is fine. I I can understand that and can live with that easily, but they also are so wonderful when they bring out the warmth or a sense of humor. There are a lot of ways to show kindness and sometimes it's just being there for someone and kindness has many manifestations. So it can be what you say, it can be what you do, mm-hmm. it can be what you share, and, and it can sometimes just be there for other people. Um, we have just two minutes left, and I'll take us to break, but I wonder if any of you have a thought on this quote. Thoreau says, is the amount of life you give it. So are you giving life, or are you getting life when you profess kindness to others? Anyone want to take that? I think Sandra. it's an exchange, yeah. 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, is that you, Nancy? I'm sorry. I think it's an even exchange. I think when you give, you get back. Mm-hmm. When you give kindness out, the energy of the vibration of that act, that intention goes out. And you receive it back. So it's a win-win situation on, on kindness. Do you know what's True. interesting? Well, I, something you said about about not talking about when you do something kind for someone else, it really made me aware of the feeling that when you do something kind for someone, it's like you get this little pocket, this little ball of happy energy inside you, and it makes you feel great. But then when you talk about it, it does dissipate that a lot, a little bit. You know, you really do get something when you give. You get something in return. But if you share that too much, if you put it out there to to uh, get approval or whatever it is, it seems to lessen the power of it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I think it's so interesting because there's a Disney film um, out right now and the children are being taught this phrase and it's a great phrase and it says, have courage and be kind. And a, f- a friend of ours uh, is a pastor and says it to her daughter every night before she goes to sleep. And I think it's just a lovely way to show that you can as well as be kind and courageous as well. We are going to go on a short break. You're listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and you can find more shows at dynamicwomentalkradio.com, and we'll be back after this break. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. think that kissing is a universal sign of affection. But there are certain groups of people on Earth who just don't do it. I think they don't know what they're missing. Humans have been kissing for a long time, as kisses were portrayed in Egyptian art in 1500 B.C. The Romans are credited with perfecting romantic kiss as we know it today. What's another word for kissing? Oscillation. Your lips are a hundred times more sensitive than the tips of your fingers. And the kiss quickens your pulse to 100 beats a minute. One kiss actually burns up to three calories. Now there's a workout I could handle. Studies say a woman will kiss about 79 guys before getting married. And the average person spends two weeks of their life kissing. What's the word for the art of kissing? Phylometology. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The Los Angeles Times reported that fitness trackers worldwide will exceed 19 million units this year, which is more than triple the amount sold last year. Fitness trackers come in different forms, but the most popular are wristbands that you wear that track the number of your steps, calories burned, sleep patterns, etc. I highly recommend investing in one. They run around $100. I encourage all of my clients and radio listeners to check them out. I like them because they keep healthy living and activity at the forefront of your day. It's a challenge sometimes to get the recommended 10,000 steps a day. And with fitness trackers, you can know exactly how many steps you have walked in that day. I find that people walk more and keep more active when they're wearing them than if they weren't. The most popular trackers are made by Nike, Fitbit, and Garmin. Check them out and keep track of your active life. Hey, 
Hi, ladies. This is Sandra Beck, and we're here on Dynamic Women, and today's topic is kindness. Now, many years ago, I went to a uh, like a Stephen Covey seminar before they joined Franklin, before Franklin Covey uh, became an entity, and I went to Salt Lake City for a whole week, and I learned time management. And one of the things that an exercise we had to do was we had to carry a post-it around with us the whole week, and we had to put a check mark on this post-it for every negative thought, for every negative or insulting or critical uh, phrase we thought or uttered. And I didn't even make it through the first morning, and my post-it was filled. And I was <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I was horrified. I really thought myself as a positive person. I realized like some of my snarky comments are insulting. Yes, I get that. Um, But I was learning to manage my own mind. And at that point, when I looked at that post-it, and I can still see that post-it today, it was like crumpled up and, and, you know, a little bit dirty for being in my pocket. And I had to pull it out so many times in the first three hours of that seminar. Um, I realized I needed to change my thinking. And my habit had been to criticize. My habit had been, and I put it up as critical thinking, but it, it somehow got like weird wired in my brain and it wasn't, it was just critical. Um, and so I made a decision back then that I was going to create in my own mind and I was going to replace the habit of critical, criticizing, negative uh, with kindness, goodness. And I know that sounds total Pollyanna-ish, But I did it, and I was able to rewire my thinking, and kindness actually became a habit. And one of the things that I've done recently when I have a bad day, and I've published this on Facebook a bunch of times, when I have a bad day, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or something goes haywire, I go on social media and I find authentic ways to praise, to support, to validate, mm-hmm. and be kind. And mm-hmm. 10 minutes of this is better than any drug, than any antidepressant, and it shifts my mood. And I really believe that it impacts a shift with everyone else. And so my morning practice is to go on Facebook, which gets a lot of criticism for many things. But when you go through the news feed and you you look for authentic reasons to praise, somebody loses weight, some kid has a graduation, someone has a birthday, somebody posts something that's funny, and you write, ha, 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 that's great. Those things change your mood, change your state. And what I found then is kindness not only becomes part of me, but it becomes a daily habit. And it was funny when Ann said that thing about, you know, kind of devaluing our kind efforts by talking about them. I don't even talk about or thinking think about them because they become so natural as my way of being. I'm going to go to Kimberly first. You know, and there is a truth to that. Um, habituated behavior becomes your world, essentially. Your thoughts create your beliefs. Your beliefs create your behaviors. Your behaviors shape the world around you. To that conversation, you brought something up, and I made a little note on it, and the term is constructive criticism, and I'd like to absolutely eliminate that term from (laughs) the, the English language. There is nothing constructive about criticism. Um, You can direct people, you can help them, you can give them perspective, but there is nothing constructive about criticism. And one of the toughest critics you will ever face is yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's that internal conversation, those internal 
um, little discussions that you have and what happens, and, and I've talked about this before, each of us comes in whole and complete. We've got amazing biochemistry in our brain, and if you want to go energetic, we can go that direction as well. And we're whole and complete spiritual individuals. <clears throat> Good parenting, proper socialization, the things that tell us stand in line, don't cut, don't take the last cookie, be nice. Um, those are the things that ultimately get misconstrued by what I call the poop-flinging monkey. I have a whole line of conversation around this. And the, the little crap-flinging monkey that lives in our head that tells us we're not enough, we're not good enough, is fed by the crap-flinging monkey that lives in the minds of the people around us. And we internalize it, and we take it on as our own. And those critical thoughts at 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, very often if you sit down and dissect them, the language the conversation, and ultimately the voice is not yours. Mm -hmm. It goes back to that critical parent. It goes back to that critical teacher, to that critical friend, to, you know, the critical partner. Um, and we internalize these things. And I think, you know, I tell people all the time, I, I work in behavior. This is what I do. If we were kind to ourselves to the extent that we want to see the world happening, there would be no need for people like me in the world. It starts with you. And, you know, Sandra was talking about making this habit. One of the things that I am really like, it's not, it's not negotiable. It's not an option. I require gratitude journaling in the work mm -hmm. I do with people. And what I tell them is you're going to do this. This is the last thing you do before you go to bed. It changes the biochemistry of your brain. If you write down three to five things you experienced that day, that you are grateful for. And I don't care if it's, you know, I didn't fly off the handle and throat punch the neighbor for the barking dog. Just saying. Um, even if it's that, what you're doing is you're creating biochemistry. You're creating a different neurological, neurobiolo neurobiological pathway in your brain. And like any pathway, the more you walk it, the wider and deeper it gets. Mm -hmm. So what happens is I tell people you're going to sleep for six to eight hours, you're going to marinate in your own thoughts. If you're doing the gratitude journal before you go to bed, if you're focusing on these kind things that other people have visited upon you, these moments of kindness that you visited upon others, the absolute wonder of our world, it changes your biochemistry. You wake up in a better situation. You are not focused on problems. You are now focused on solutions. You are focused on making things a better circumstance, not only for you, but for others. And I still stand by, you have to come first. You have to put yourself in the center of that universe. If you're not capable of being kind to you, um, and not that Sandra wasn't, but that post-it note crumpled in, you know, three hours and filled is an expression of really how we talk to ourselves. And you have to start there. You can't give what you don't have. Oh, my goodness. Amen to that. <laughs> and, and that I'm is off yeah. my soapbox, Daya. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you know what? I like the fact that you use biochemistry, though. And the reason why I say that, because anytime we say or we do something, the body gets a print almost like a chemical reaction. And, you know, I call it like your receipt code. OK, and this is why you feel every time you do something, you know, whether whether it's nice or not, you feel 
some type of reaction in your body, whether it's the tension in your throat or your mouth get dry. Any of those, once again, idiomotor responses. And, and let me just clear up idiomotor responses. You know, they're conscious signals or a, I like to say, a convincer of what the body gives off. So you can always tell if you're doing something good or bad, just how your body responds and acts. That right there is your receipt code, right? Edio means the mind and the motor means, what does it mean? Uh, uh, means muscular movements, all right? So. I bring that up because the mind and the body is not separate. So when we're thinking about doing a conscious act, right, the body responds, right? So, but we have to remember how the neurotransmitters are received. If we are not exercising those neurotransmitters, then we will constantly always be in our negative mental habits. So, and I want, I want to go ahead and give a, um, I'm going to give you guys a, a, a story and don't, none of you judge me. Okay. <laughs> none of you judge me, but there was a time where this lady that I did not get along with. Okay. She asked me if she could knit my son a hat. So my son came to me and said, well, let's just call her Susie. She said, mom, I mean, he said, mom, Miss Susie said, can she knit me a hat? So I knew that this woman didn't like me. So I said, well, from the last conversation, I know she hasn't changed her mind. What is the purpose of her knitting you a hat? So I told him, no, he goes back and tell her she calls me and she says, Daia, you know, I spoke to your son and he said that you didn't want him, that you didn't want me knitting him a hat. So I said, you're right. I don't. And so she says, well, can I ask why? I said, well, because, you know, I don't like you. And I know you don't like me. And really, what is the purpose of it? What is the energy? Like, why are you doing that? Come to find out when we got down to the meat and potatoes, she only was doing it because the guy she was with, which happens to be my son's father, she wanted him to approve of her of what she was doing. See, it was already tainted. So I told her no, because your intentions is they're, they're tainted. They're no good for me. That energy on that hat, I don't want it. So I say you want to always make sure that you are consciousness of your kindness and you want to make sure that you are balancing and exercising your neurotransmitters because when you exercise it, you recognize it. When you recognize kindness, you become it. If you become it, then it is possible for you to project it out into the world. That makes sense, y'all. Or did I lose anybody? <laughs> no, not at all. I think, you know, I think this makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi. You know, there there is truth to that. And when you start to embody the emotions, it, you know, mm -hmm. again, it goes back to thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, the world around you. When you start to embody the emotions, when you start to live it, um, it changes who you are. It takes you back to what you came in to do. And, you know, again, whether we want to talk about biochemistry, biology, or mm -hmm. the emotions that we experience, we come in perfect. We come in whole mm -hmm. and complete. Yeah. We are, you know, bumped up against life and the experiences, and we can't walk away without some sort of damage, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, my, my grandmother had a saying, and it, it was not as clean as one oh crap will ruin 10 attaboys, but that was what it amounted to. And 
from the time I was little, I, I lived with that statement thinking, how do I keep from being the person who throws the oh crap at other people? So, you know, again, that subjective perspective. I may not do what is perceived as kind on the outside, but my intent is for consistency and reconciliation on the inside. So there we go. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going into our next break. Dynamic Women Talk Radio. You can find us on iTunes as well. Join us back here after a moment. We're sharing conversations that um, for other people might open up deeper conversations. So we appreciate you joining us. Join us back. Return after these short messages. It's words you never heard. Did you ever wonder how reindeer survive the severe cold? Well, they snuzzle around for some moss to eat. Moss contains a special chemical that helps keep their body fluids warm. And they're going to have to keep warm if they're going to pull Santa's sleigh every year. Santa's sleigh was originally called a winged doodle. Both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. I can't help but wonder why Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Butson had male names. Since they had antlers, they would have had to be female. We women should have known only females would be able to drag a hefty man outfitted in a red velvet suit, originally called a poopin' daddy, all around the world in one night and not get lost. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Resistance bands come in different colors and varying tensions. I like working out with resistance bands because they are so versatile and lightweight, and I keep them in my car, closet, and suitcase. You can train every major muscle group and get a fabulous strength workout without weights. They also allow you to do some Pilates moves that strengthen your core. I especially like to use them for stretching. Hooking them around the center of your foot while keeping your legs straight gives you an added stretch that you could not do without some resistance. You can buy inexpensive resistance bands at sporting goods stores and most stores that carry fitness products. Be sure to purchase bands that come with instructions and an easy workout to follow. You can also get instructions on the Internet. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we're here today with Linda Crater, uh, Nancy Yearout, Kimberly Rinaldi, Daia Six, and Ann Tucker, and we're talking about kindness. And one of the things that we talked about was kindness becoming a habit, but also kindness is also dependent in a large uh, respect about how we choose our influence. Mm-hmm. What are influencers? You know, what do we fill our our brains and hearts with, with media and entertainment? You know, who do we choose to surround ourselves with? I have one friend who's been my friend a very, very long time. She's very dear to me. But lately, she's gone into this rip 
everybody apart at the seams, you know, whether their kid is overweight, whether their husband's losing his hair. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with this woman. And I really, I'm not her therapist, so I don't want to uh, go there. And I do care about her. But at the end of the day, I care more about preserving my sense of peace and freedom and kindness than I do to adjust other people's behavior. And that's when friendships become difficult. And Linda, I know you've got some great words on, you know, about choosing who we surround ourselves with. Well, it's interesting because we make the choice about who we are surrounding ourselves with. And it's it's always known that you're affected personally, um, physically, mentally, and emotionally by the five people closest to you that you're around the most. And I loved what Kimberly said earlier about focusing on betterment and and kindness and gratitude go hand in hand. In in my view, I view that if I am sharing kindness with people, but it is either rebuffed. Uh, constantly, or if it's your friend who's probably going through something awful, but as you said, you're not her therapist, but we do choose who we're around. And I find that there are some things that really turn me off quickly. Um, sarcasm is one. Uh, I feel like sarcasm can really, um, it's usually at the expense, it's quote humor uh, at the expense of someone else the the Greek root of the word is tearing flesh so I personally don't do well with sarcasm I can handle dry humor sarcasm not my favorite if someone eye rolls so it immediately cuts off the conversation that makes it very difficult to continue to have a conversation with them um, if they use labels uh, such as are being used in our media and social media all day long. Um, or even if someone physically turns away when you know that they're talking about you in a group, those are the things that I will use to discern whether I would like to be around those people more or not. Because we're back to how it makes us feel and who we're going to give parts of our life to each day. So everything is a choice. But if you find yourself being drained by those around you or an individual around you who is negative, draining, toxic even, then it's time to make a choice to put them at a little bit more arm's length with their family uh, and because you can't get away from them totally. And if it's a friend, make a choice to put some separation in there and, and build that boundary back. It doesn't mean your friendship is over. It just may mean that there needs to be some space and some understanding. And if it's a good enough friendship, the person will come back and you will renew that friendship after discussing what it was that made them so unhappy that they had to take it out on you because you don't deserve that. Kindness is given, but you don't want it taken. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing you talk about, you know, your family members or friends that you have that might be pulling you down. And I think it really comes to what sort of a vibration are you carrying? And the, the people around you or the uh, you know, media that you consume, it can either raise your vibration or, or bring it down. And I think, you know, I notice when I'm around other people, there's a, a festival I like to go to every year called A-Fest. And it has the people that, that come to this event in general carry a very, very high vibration. And when you're there, you find that you become more aware of your thoughts, more aware of what you're letting into your awareness. And it helps you to keep that higher vibration. You just feel better. And, you know, and the same can be said, you know, of the opposite is that, is that, you know, I, I have a, um, 
a very good friend uh, who I love and who's very, very supportive. And all through, um, uh, you know, a, a life trauma that happened for me, um, you know, it was eight years ago now, more than that. Um, and it was a, a relationship ended, but she still likes to go back there and to kind of say negative things about this guy. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to say, you know, I feel a lot better <laughs> when we don't talk about that. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to that negative place. I feel better. I know you're trying to be supportive of me, but it's not. I feel, I feel better when we stay in this, you know, I'm over it. Let's get over it with me. Come with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's all grow together. Um, you know, and it's the same thing I noticed with, um, you know, with television. Just recently, um, I made the choice, you know, I was watching some TV shows at night and I made the choice to deliberately choose shows that felt uplifting for me. So I started doing searches on Netflix for um, TV shows that were, you know, centered more around spirituality or, um, you know, other topics like that, as opposed to something that's the, you know, TV drama, crime shows. It's amazing how much better I sleep. Huh, good point. Okay. Yeah, and I, I agree with you completely. I When you are around negative people for any length of time, that negative energy really affects you, and it can actually affect you physically. You know, mm-hmm. and we were talking about that a little bit earlier. I've seen couples where one couple... Uh, maybe one person in the relationship is happy-go-lucky and they're draining the energy from the other person and they're negative. And it, it's interesting to watch. I've actually seen people become ill when they're around negative people for any length mm-hmm. of time. And it's a really, it's a big thing to stay away from negative people. And I always say, do your best to just be around positive people and pick up that positive energy because it does affect you whether you realize it or not. Um, you know, I want to tell a little story. My little sister, when she was going to college, she had this experiment. And um, she w- her experiment was to go out into the world and smile at other people and mm-hmm. see if they would smile back at you. And it's quite interesting because I do this a lot when I get out into the world and I see all these negative faces. I'll just smile at someone. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see. Nine times out of ten, people will smile back at you. So it's whatever. If you're out in the world, I always tell people, put out good vibrations yourself. What happens is those good vibrations, the good energy, it rubs off on the people around you. And it actually makes a difference. It's almost infectious. So, and it goes the opposite with the negative, you know, like we were talking about, like Anne was saying, when you hear negative thoughts, when you hear negative talk, when you're around negative people bringing up negative subjects, it affects you tremendously. And this even goes to um, your relatives. There is a lot of relatives that I have to admit this, that I don't go around because I don't need the negative energy. And I tell my clients that stay away from the negative people. It affects you physically, mentally and spiritually. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's what I feel. Well, yes, I totally agree with that. And and I'm going to try to hurry up and make some room for Kimberly, because I'll tell you guys this. I have to consciously choose who I am with because, first of all, I'm addicted to happiness. I love laughing. I love enjoying myself and I love loving people. So when there is negative energy that is swarming around, like your negative mentality, you know, there's deception, you know, it's thoughts of, you know, they it turns into thoughts of intense 
negative emotion. And a lot of people fail to realize that it literally causes, you know, a short circuit in the nervous system. So it depletes your muscles of energy and it leads to a breakdown in your circulation. This is why people sometimes will have problems with digestion and inflammation all of these activities in the body, right? And then you, and then when all of that is happening and you're not conscious of it, here comes the rage and the jealousy. And then, you know, you explode and guess what? That's way too much energy <laughs> for me. So I'm addicted to happiness. I love people that just want to, you know, share great thoughts and have great textures in this world and be a part of a whole dynamic of beautiful people. You get that? That's me. You know, and I love, Daya, that you brought up addiction. We become emotionally or we become addicted to our biochemistry of Mm -hmm. emotion. And believe it or not, folks, I was anger and anxiety addicted until I was 30. Um, What happens is the more you change your biochemistry through changing your thoughts, through changing your behaviors, you become addicted to these things, these things yeah. that may not have felt kind in the past um, become less comfortable when you're in these negative states. And Linda brought up, um, you know, draining people. And I love that as well. Start to look at the relationships, start to look at the experiences. Are they detracting from who you are mm-hmm. or are they adding to it? And I think that for me is the litmus test. Where was I the day before this came into my life? Mm-hmm. Was I mm-hmm. in a better place? Was I not? If I wasn't, I have to take a step back and look at how can I change this? Will a conversation make a difference? Is this somebody that I'm tied to because of biological bonding? Um, or is this somebody that I can simply walk away from? We have two different circumstances with parenting here in the Rinaldi household. Mr. Rinaldi's mom is 96, and bless her heart, she's a very negative individual, but mm-hmm. we've tried talking to her. She doesn't change. My mom is 75 in two weeks, and bless her heart, she's working on changing. Mm-hmm. I've actually had to sit my mother down and explain, when you see me next has everything to do with what happened when you saw me last. I can't get caught up in your little world of negativity. I was much kinder, I promise, but that was the outcome of the conversation because I have to have healthy boundaries around me. And that is my recommendation for every single one of us and every single one of our listeners. Think about where you were before this circumstance started. Were you better off there? If you were, start to have healthy conversations about boundaries. They may not be aware of them. It may be your responsibility to step up and share them. Kimberly, I love that because I think that oftentimes the whole concept of boundaries is seen as possibly negative, but it is not. It is very positive in terms of keeping everybody clear on where they are, where you are, and how it is a choice. I think we are all seeking people who are filled with light and hope and happiness and love and kindness. And our topic was kindness today. And we've talked about how kindness is a habit and how kindness makes us feel and how it's contagious. And we hope that the show has really intrigued you because these women, we can talk with great respect with one another and enjoy our conversation. 
please go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com. If you're interested in more spots, we will be back again next week with some wonderful people. Thank you to Nancy, Anne, Daia, Kimberly, Sandra, and this is Linda, and we've had a wonderful time sharing our time with you today. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.